As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping. Your parenting is slipping. Your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me. I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Since being diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2006, she has been hospitalized 26 times, homeless, incarcerated, and suicidal. Despite this, she has taken her story to fuel her passion to give back as a mental health advocate and speaker. Through her life and her initiative, she hopes that she will show others that a diagnosis is not a death sentence, but in fact that you can strive, thrive, and live an abundant life despite your illness. Her personal struggle with bipolar disorder inspired her to take a leap of faith and devote her life to mental health awareness. Her podcast called Resilient Minds 365 
tells the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with a mental health challenge. BC Nation, if you struggle with mental health issues or someone in your family struggles with mental health issues, this is a show you're going to want to listen to firsthand, right from an individual who is in it. She's, she's in the struggle. She's fighting it herself, and she's not being a victim to it. I love it. I can't wait to hear her story. Cleone Crawford, you can find at cleonecrawford.com. Cleone, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you very much for having me, Joseph. I really appreciate it. And great introduction. <laughs> Yay, we did it. All right, Cleone, take so, a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. So I guess I would say um, that some people don't know that I actually ran a marathon in 2006, 42 kilometers in Ohio. Um, it was a really, it was a really, it took me eight months to train for that. Um, I was in my last year of university at U of T and, um, yeah, I ran a marathon. So mo most people don't know that. Um, I don't look marathon ready yet now, <laughs> 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 but I did run it. So it took me five and a half hours, but I did run a marathon. Listen, you're ahead of me. Cause I okay. don't do that. I just don't. Okay. Never okay. have. Probably never will, um, unless I'm running from someone. Uh, yeah, I don't see a marathon in my future, so I applaud you, my dear. All right, let's get into your story. So take us back in time to childhood. I always like to set the context for our audience. Uh, how were you raised? Were you raised in a faith tradition? What denomination? Was, there, was God in, involved in your life at that time? Kind of paint us a quick picture and then move us through your teen years to present day, and then we'll take it from there. All right. Well, when I was younger, um, I started out going to church when my mom was married with her first husband and um, we didn't go for too long. I probably remember going to church um, for maybe, a, maybe two years or so. And then after that, we stopped going to church. Um, we, we just basically were free spirits. My mother, she was an entertainer, so she sung. Um, and so she let us do a lot of, you know, whatever we wanted to do pretty much. Um, she was just very free and open. So my life, um, throughout my younger years, I was not a Christian. Um, I was just being a free spirit. Um, <laughs> I like this term we're using. It, it, it has so many implications. I know. Fantastic. Know. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, young adult, all right, take us into your teen years to college. Uh, did God enter into your life at any point during that time or still free spirit? <laughs> yeah. So my teenage years is when I actually realized that I needed, um, because around, I'd say from 13, I started going to like parties and dances and clubs very early because I was, even though I was really young, I kind of looked a little older. So I got into the clubs. So, and my mom was okay with it. But by the time I got to 16, I finally decided um, I was invited by a friend to church and I really loved the, the teacher, um, but my Sunday school teacher, I really loved the lessons that he was teaching. And I started going 
And um, I loved music um, around that time. So it was really hard for me to make the decision to track to um, to transfer from being a free spirit <laughs> to a Christian because I loved my music. I didn't want to give it up. And but I finally decided at 17 years old to turn my to give my life to the Lord and devote myself to Christianity and um, to living a Christian in the Christian faith. I made it into university. I went to um, University of Toronto and um, I was a Christian throughout it, but it was very difficult because um, I, I wanted to be a part of, you know, the in crowd and go partying again, like I used to go, but I couldn't do that because I was a Christian and I felt as though that's not the way to go. And so, and I was a part of a very religious um, organization where we were very strict. Um, we wore the skirts, we, we, didn't ha we had our hair a certain way and it was pretty religious. Um, and I was part of that faith up until 31 and then I changed organizations after 31, but um, pretty much um, I've been a Christian, yes, for about 22 years now, I'd say. Got it. All right, cool. Great picture, uh, great story that you shared with us. Thank you for your transparency. So when you uh, became Christian, right, you said you gave your life to Jesus. What happened? Was there a trigger? Was there something, uh, a life event uh, that caused that transformation or that giving over of yourself, your life to God? Well, what happened was music was like, music was always a big part of my life. Um, and I remember being in church one day and um, hearing a song about going to heaven. And, you know, I don't know, something just kind of spoke to my spirit for the first time when I actually sung that song. I felt as though I was being a hypocrite because mm. it was talking about going to heaven. And I'm like, you're not going to heaven. You've done nothing to do to go there. Why are you singing this song? You're a hypocrite. And from that moment on, I realized that I need to turn my life to the Lord and I need to seek him a bit more if I actually want to go to this place called heaven. So that's what happened for me. How did you go about that, seeking him more? Like what did that look like practically in your life? Well, what that looks like is I repented of my sins, I got baptized, and then I got filled with the Holy Spirit where I spoke, spoke in um, another tongue. And um, for me, what that was is I stopped doing some of the things that I was doing. Um, like I stopped going to the clubs. I stopped um, listening to the um, lewd music that I was listening to. And I, I haven't started... heard that word in years. <laughs> lewd. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. I started listening to more gospel music. To ch I just like, I, I remember taking all my music, um, my music videos and giving them away and my, my, my CDs and giving them CDs. You remember those days? <laughs> I remember giving my CDs away and, um, and I told myself that I wasn't going to become active, if you know what I mean, sexually active anymore. So mm -hmm. I was, um, yeah, I was, uh, I changed my life and yeah, I became a different person. 
So I love where you're going with the story right now, Cleone, because I think many times uh, when we think, okay, we got to, I'm going to give my life to God. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. It means giving up that like, it means I got to get rid of, give up, sacrifice all these areas of my life. Pretty much. I have to give up having fun. Like that's kind of the translation as a young person, I, w- I would say. What did, you, what did you start getting though? Like I, I, you were very clear on what you gave up. What benefits did you start to receive when you gave your life to God? When I gave my life to God, I gained um, a prayer life, um, a more deeper understanding of the word of God. I, I gained a best friend, someone who, who would be with me no matter what, no matter what challenges that I would go through. Um, I gained a church family. Um, I gained a spiritual father who um, helped me because my father, uh, he was there, but not there, not as present. Um, he tried to be, he, was def- he tried his, his best based on what he knew, Mm -hmm. but going to church, I gained a spiritual father, someone who was able to guide me in the spiritual way. And um, yeah, that's what I gained. I love that you, you put it that way. I gained, right? Here's what I gave up, right? To, to walk with the Lord, but here's what I gained. I gained a best friend. Like how many young people, are searching for just a true best friend they could count on, they can lean on, that they could speak with, that will listen to them, that they can ask questions to, that will love them unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Really difficult to find, isn't it? Very, very, very. And, and to find that in God, um, what an awesome gift. Awesome gift. All right, so, uh, so you do um, that, that church organization or denomination obviously you're being very elusive you're not naming it uh which is totally fine um you did that up until age 31 right and then you switched over what was missing i'm just so curious what was missing in that that you weren't getting um that you said hey i gotta jump i gotta jump ship i gotta church hop (laughs) the church hopping actually it's happened because um, in 2006, I was diagnosed with bipolar. And um, around six years later, I found myself um, having episodes um, after be first being diagnosed, whereas having some serious episodes where um, it started, I started to do things that were quite odd and at the church. And unfortunately, the church that I was with, um, they, um, they kicked me out. <laughs> they okay. kicked me out because I was, according to them, I was being, um, I was being disruptive mm. and I was ruining the church with my behavior because I was sending a lot of text messages and there was just a, so much stuff that I was doing and cause I felt rejected by them. Um, I felt very, I, all I wanted to do was do music and sing music online and go on. Do you know what I mean? And they didn't understand what I was doing. They mm. thought that I was being, um, I was being um, disrespectful to the pastor who had said, 
don't go online and all kinds of nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so they kicked me out and I was churchless for about eight weeks. I didn't know where to go because my pastor basically was a, an overseer over 26 churches in the city. Oh no, it's like a McDonald's franchise monopoly. You know, you had a saying? monopoly over all the churches. That's rough. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. So I didn't know where to go. And, but the funny thing about God is that a month before, actually about three months before I had gotten kicked out, I was invited to another church, um, which became my current church, um, where they basically, um, they spoke a word into my life. They prophesied to me, said, you're going through a lot. We understand, but God's going to turn it around such and such and such. Mm. So they, they, they singled me out and prophesied to me. And then two months later, they invited me because I was an entrepreneur as a fashion designer. I didn't mention that before. Um, I was a fashion designer and I had just gotten a new store and I had been on TV and magazines and all that kind of stuff before. And um, they called. So this church, they recognized my the things that I had been doing in the community. And then they called me um to the church to do an interview to you know to inspire the youth mm. um and so when i got kicked out of the church i was like i didn't know where else to go but i i decided to go to this church because i was like these people are accepting me they love me and they don't even know me and so i decided to go to that church and i'm glad i did it was a really it was a good move for me it was a good move mm. Speaking of um, the bipolar and mental illness, um, what what is the biggest, uh, in what way are you misunderstood the most or were you misunderstood the most and are others suffering with mental illness misunderstood the most by others? Hmm. What way are we misunderstood? We... Huh. I don't know the answer to that particular question. What um, about back then when that church, that pastor, for example, not to make him the common enemy, I'm sure he had his reasons and what, you know, he was trying to do the right thing, but you felt misunderstood, right? You were yeah. trying to do something. They weren't getting it. They saw it as a threat somehow and said, we want you out. How did you feel misunderstood? Like on the inside, you know? I felt as though all I was, I, okay. At that time I was really involved in ministry. I was in the youth ministry and something, and the Lord was telling me, I felt that the Lord was speaking to me and telling me that I needed to get out of ministry and to focus on online ministry and mm. reaching out to people there. And they couldn't understand that. They thought that I was just being, um, um disobedient and they just thought that i was trying to be rebellious i guess that's the yeah. word disruptive right right so i decided to do a lot of online ministry mm -hmm. where i was sharing my testimony and being very open and they didn't for some weird reason they didn't like that um <laughs> i didn't under it didn't make sense to me but um but the, unfortunately i also started to 
because I was being mis I was being judged for what I was doing online and I was not working in the church per se. Yeah. Um, they, um, started to attack me and, um, as they were attacking me, I started to react because I had the bipolar. Um, so I would react online and that's been my demise since is, um, getting defensive online because mm. now I'm in front of an audience that doesn't know the backstory and I'm lashing out online and that's not the best light for me. So um, I felt I was misunderstood because um, people didn't know what I was going through, I guess. Yeah. Let's go there for a second, if you're willing. Okay. Um, let's speak about what you were going through, right? So you were hospitalized 26 times. Yes. Uh, you were homeless, you were incarcerated, and eventually you were suicidal. Yes. What was that like for you? Uh, was God still in your life as, as your best friend? Was Jesus there? Were you confiding in him? Or did you feel him absent in your life during that, that struggle you were going through? And that's the funny thing. I felt like God was still there. And that's mm. what shocked a lot of people is how could God still be there when you're in prison? How could God still be there when you're in the hospital? How could God still be there um, when you're suicidal, but the way he was there where, um, I remember being in the hospital and, um, being used by God to pray for people in the hospital, um, uh, where God, he, even though I was the one that had the bipolar disorder, I was still set apart as different because while I was there, I would be singing a lot and, um, and people would be ministered by the singing. And while I was there, I would be praying and reading my Bible and I'd be able to minister to people. So it's like, it's even though you're going through challenges, it's not like God can't use you if you're not, as long as you're available to be used, God can still use you. So God was using me throughout all of that. I remember being in the shelter and a young girl came and she was just so broken. And I remember combing her hair and praying for her and just, you know, just mothering her, I guess, just, you know, providing that, that extra care that people need when they're broken. So it's just like, I, I guess I became selfless, even though I was going through what I was going through. I knew that my situation was not as bad as their situation because they didn't have that best friend. I had the best friend. I had Jesus. He was still speaking to me. He was still talking to me. He was still ministering to me. He was still protecting me. I remember when I was suicidal, um, I was thinking of jumping in front of a, in front of a car. And as I was about to jump in front of the car, I heard the voice ring. I heard a voice saying, don't. And then I, and another time I tried to jump in front of a car, my phone rang and I was just like, wow, God, you really don't want me to kill myself. You really want me to live. And I remember when I tried to hang myself, um, I tried it. Well, it was kind of painful. Um, so, <laughs> but I tried to hang myself and I remember hearing a voice saying, just one more day, you can do this. 
just one more day. Mm. And so it was that voice that was still there, mm. that was still speaking to me despite what I was going through. And um, yeah, even when I was incarcerated, I remember one thing they made a mistake was giving me a Bible. So, <laughs> you know, they had a Bible in the, in the jail cell and I remember taking the Bible and I was just, even though it was manic, I took the Bible and I literally plastered the whole Bible around my whole, like the jail set. I, I paper mashed it to the walls. Didn't understand why I was doing that, but I just, I just wanted to be surrounded with the word of God to kind of reprogram my mind to let me know that, you know what, even though I'm in this very dark place, God is able to surround me with his word and with a song. And those are the things that kept me was just the music and the song and his word. And yeah, God was there. Leone, that, thank you. That was super powerful. I'm like, I'm getting choked up a little bit here right now. Um, You know, I'm picturing St. Paul in prison, you know, and he writes, he wrote so many of his letters that are contained in the Bible now that we, we are inspired by and we cling to when we're in our prisons. And here you are uh, in a prison of mental health, because that is an emotional prison. Yeah. There is no question about it. And that you're speaking hope into it is beautiful, that God will send his angel, just like he did to St. Paul, to us in our prisons. We don't need to question why we're in the prison. Somehow we're just there. Life showed up that way, whatever. And God allows this suffering. And I think um, a big disservice uh, from our churches is not teaching uh, our congregations what to do with suffering. Yes. Right? Instead, uh, just uh, saying, well, you know, pray to God about your suffering. But what do I do with the suffering? Right. Because all that's left then is this choice of being a victim, Mm -hmm. right? A victim in the suffering rather than saying, okay, God, you suffered. Jesus, you suffered for me. So for whatever reason, you're counting me worthy to suffer for you. And remember St. Peter, right? He spoke about this, Lord, that I may suffer for you, right? And he was crucified and he said, well, I'm not even worthy to be crucified like my Lord and Savior Jesus. So put me upside down. Mm Mm-hmm right? Make it worse for me. Right. He knew what to do with suffering and, and offer that up as a sacrifice to God saying, Lord, I love you this much because you love me even more. Mm-hmm. Speak to us about that. Speak to the listener right now that is stuck in an emotional prison of mental health, uh, illness, sickness, um, just that suffering. It's human suffering. What did they do with it? And I'm going to ask you, Cleone, give them three tips, three strategies, three steps that they can take this week, right now, to somehow take that suffering um, and find God in it, um, to rise from it like you have. What do you got for them? Three little tips or strategies. What do you got? I would first um, get a journal and start writing. Start writing your story because your story is your testimony. It's your test and um, it's your message. And just write what you're going through. 
and find something at the end of it every single day if you can find at least one thing that you can be thankful for despite your pain that will be very powerful uh, the second thing i would do is find a um, if you're not a part of a church find a church but in the church find um, a support system a group of people that you can actually speak to and um, that they can help you and they can help you when you're going through your, your, your low periods. Um, whether that be an elder or it be a peer, um, I would look for someone, you know, like seek out somebody because sometimes you can't do it alone. You just mm -hmm. can't. And then I would, um, what I did for myself is I surrounded myself with the word about healing. Um, I started to look through the Bible and I started to actually look through, find scriptures that supported healing and comfort. And I would declare them every day. I would read them because the Bible says um, that there's life in the tongue. And so I would speak the word over my life, recognizing that one day I was going to get better. And those three things I would say I would offer to your listeners today. Okay, BC Nation, if you're struggling with mental illness or someone close to you is, and you've been uh, trying to find a way out, or you've been trying uh, to serve that person in a way uh, that is helpful to them, but you feel powerless, you just don't know what to do. You've tried so many things and it just doesn't work. Um, Cleone is speaking firsthand what she did to get out of the emotional prison. That doesn't mean she doesn't still struggle mm -hmm. by any means, right, Cleone? I still struggle. I had a yeah. struggle the other week, a few weeks ago. Yes. The difference though, Cleone, I see in you, you know what to do with the struggle now. Yes. You know where to take it and who to take it to. Yes. Yes. Different. And, and that is huge. And in my spiritual coaching, um, you know, one of your step three is something that I give to some of my clients as well, which is uh, specifically um, the Bible verses that speak exactly to uh, the very thing that they're struggling with. Yes. And, and like you said, with mental illness, it's healing. There are so many Bible verses around healing. And BC Nation, God gave us scripture. And, and in scripture, it says the word of God is our sword and our shield, right? Against the arrows of the enemy. Yes. Right? So as you're being attacked with mental illness, bipolar, whatever that condition is, those are arrows of the enemy, the lies that saying, jump out in front of a car, kill yourself, end it. You can't do this, right? All that negative self-talk, that really loud voice of the enemy. Right. Where God shows up in the quiet whisper. Always listen to the quiet voice, not the loud voice going on in your head. Mm -hmm. Right. And to find those Bible verses and then speak them out loud like Cleone did shoots. And that's the sword. That's where you block the enemy's arrows with the shield and then you strike back with a sword. When you speak those words into existence, you rewire your brain, you rewire your mind. Mm -hmm. That's the renewing of the mind that, that the Bible speaks about, that God speaks about. Cleone, you did this firsthand, and I'm so uh, just, I acknowledge you 
That takes courage. It's heroic what you did. And now I believe this is your message to not only speak to others about mental illness, but to give them the sword and shield of God yes. so that they can defend themselves and strike back the enemy and, and find their way out. And then they can do what you're doing and inspire others who are doing it. And it's this positive ripple effect. And it's all about you going first. Yes. You're the leader. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And, <laughs> and I would say, don't stop, girl. All right. And don't overcomplicate it. It's as simple as those three steps that you just, you just shared with BC Nation. Mm -hmm. I personally believe, and I could be wrong, but I personally believe show up on stages with those three simple tips okay. and speak life back into people struggling with mental health. Mental health. I said mental hell. And it, it really hey, is, though. Sometimes it can be hell. Yeah, it can be. Hell. It absolutely can be. And, and teach them. I don't know why this word's coming to me right now, but take your audiences from mental hell to mental heaven. Hmm. And this is how you'll do it with those three tips. Point them back to God. Point them back to God's word around healing. God's word is truth and life. Yes. Yes. You, you can do this. What do you take away from that? Anything? Yeah, that's a powerful word right there. You kind of helped me with my talk. <laughs> That's a really powerful word. Like I, 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 I could see your talk being called from mental hell to mental heaven. Mm, I like that. I like or something that. like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I see what I see. The word is so powerful. When you speak it, um, you do bring life to it. And, um, and God, God is there in that, in the middle of, you just speaking the word because God, God was created because, I mean, the earth was created because light, because he spoke. Yes. He spoke it into existence. Yes. And we are joint heirs. Yes. And as a joint heir, we have that same dominion and power to be able to speak the word. So yeah, Preach. speak the word, speak the word. Preach girl, preach. <laughs> this is exactly it. It's, if you're BC Nation, if you're struggling with mental health and you, and you just feel powerless in it, the reason why you feel powerless is because you're relying on your own strength. Yes. Rather than God's. Where is God's strength? Well, it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Well, where do you find joy? By reading God's scripture, by reading God's word on healing in the Bible. When you start saying it out loud, you start to feel a new sense of hope. You start to feel joy and you start to leverage or lean upon God's strength rather than your own. Right. Our strength is never enough. It just yeah. isn't. The enemy lies to us and says, oh, it's all on you. You got to figure it out. You got to fix yourself. These are all lies. No, you don't. You just got to surrender it to God. Amen. And then God's strength comes in. He hands you the sword and the shield. You preach it out loud and the enemy runs like a little girl. Sorry. Sorry to all the little girls out there, but like yes. a scared little kitten or puppy. Right. right. Cleone, powerful, powerful talk here. BC Nation, replay this. Replay this episode if you're struggling or know someone who's struggling with mental health issues. Replay it. There's so much gold in here that Cleone brought that God just spoke his truth and life into you and to anyone listening. Share this show with them. Just share the show. If you don't know how to reach that person, they feel like they've given up. I know people that they're in it and they're just like, 
and I, I've tried everything. I'm, I, I'm done. Yes. They're not done. God's not done with them. As long as you have breath, as long as you have breath, you can still make it for the next day. Go girl. One more day, right? That's what God said to you. One more day. One more day. All right. We're speaking with Cleone Crawford. You can find her at cleonecrawford.com. Links are in the show notes. Um, just replay the show. I'm telling you, there's so much gold in this, this episode. Cleone, thank you for showing up transparent, powerful, vulnerable, sharing your story, sharing your mess. That yeah. is your message, girl. Yeah. And welcome to my favorite part of the show, the confession round. But before yeah. we go there, uh, I want to look uh, right into uh, the eyes of my audience right now, BC Nation, or I'd like to uh, just hear my words right now in your ears. If you're struggling with mental health, um, again, or know someone who is, uh, or you're battling negative self-talk, or maybe uh, you're not struggling with, you know, what Cleone is, has struggled with her whole life, maybe you say, well, mine's not that bad, Joseph, but man, it really does stop me. And I do feel like in prison sometime, or I feel God is absent from my life, or I don't know what it is in my marriage that I just keep doing the same pattern of sabotage, self-sabotage. If you got any of this going on, I want you to invite. I want to invite you to um, go to uh, josephwarren.net and book a call with me, a warm-up call. I'm gonna give you one free coaching session um, at no charge, and that's just my time given to you. I want to pour into your life uh, and to speak God's truth into your marriage or into your relationship with your kids or your relationship with your your dad that you just haven't healed after all these years. Listen, we all have these broken human relationships mm -hmm. and God wants to heal them, but he wants to heal us first, which means you have to go first, just like Cleone did. That's what leadership is. It's three words. You go first. Wow. That's leadership. It's that simple, right? I've trademarked that. You go first. Okay. So if you want to go first in your family and send a ripple of love and healing into your family into all your relationships. That's what I offer. I offer fix any relationship in your life, in your family in 30 days or your money back. Mm. If you that's want that, that's how much I believe in this. And, and I get the results. 97% of my clients get exactly what they signed up for by the end of our coaching. Exactly what it, wow. who, well, what about the 3% Joseph? Why didn't they get it? Well, they didn't do the bleeping work. That's why. Okay. So you got to do the bleeping work. And Cleone, you know it's work. So uh, yeah. if that's of interest to you, BC Nation, go to josephwarren.net, sign up for a free call. I look forward to meeting you on a, a video chat, a Zoom chat. Um, I promise I'm not as hostile as I occur on this show. Uh, when it comes to coaching, I am very gentle um, and we have a lot of fun together. So Cleone, welcome to the confession round. Oh, I'm going wow. to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, girl? I'm ready. Let's go. What's your favorite thing about God? Uh, that he loves me. Yeah, girl. What's your least favorite thing about God? That it's hard. Um, sometimes you have to deny yourself. <laughs> that part sucks. Yeah. I agree with you. What are you most afraid of? Uh, pigeons. Pigeons. <laughs> That's such a random answer. That's awesome. Okay. Um, funny, quick story. Uh, when I married my uh, wife, 
my beautiful bride, she didn't tell me something about her that maybe would have changed my mind. I'm just joking. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, seagulls at the beach like to poop on her. Mm-hmm. Is that your reason? Yeah, they pooped on me and peed on me. So um, I'm afraid. I never heard of that. And then I started like, you know, getting uh, right, dating her, courting her and all that stuff. And we're at the beach. And all of a sudden I got pooped on by a seagull for the very first time as I'm lying next to her. And I said, this is contagious. I said, this is contagious. I'm not sure I signed up for this. All right. Uh, (laughs) Cleone, what? We're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. What are you struggling with uh, either professionally or personally right now that you haven't revealed yet on the show? Um, I struggle with being, uh, this one's really hard to, to, to announce. Sex. Say it again. Sex. What do you mean? What do you struggle with? Not having any. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. That's clear. Okay. So, so Cleone, here's your homework assignment. I challenge you to surrender that desire right? It's a fleshly desire. It is. It's human. It's good. God created it. It's beautiful. It just needs to be within the context of marriage, but to surrender the desire. So simply like this, father, I surrender to you, my desire for sex. Yes. I surrender to you. Remove it from me until you bring me the man that you made for me. Yes. I will right? do that. Like surrender it to him and it will lose its, its power over you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Awesome. Give it to God. His strength will take it for you. All right. Uh, what did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, the internet. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Got it. What secret fear do you have about people? That they don't like me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That... He's a prayer answering God again. I don't know. <laughs> He's a prayer answering God. Well said. What is a new habit that you want to form? Prayer on a regular basis, early in the morning, early in the morning. <laughs> That's what I teach, girl. That's my coaching. <laughs> what is a bad habit you want to break in your life? Um, eating candy at night. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you are now. Resilient, um, an overcomer, and compassionate. Uh, I get that about you. Pick three words to describe who you were before, before you gave your mental illness to God. Uh, Arrogant, um, clueless, and young and stupid. Yeah, got it. And last question, Cleone, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice about everything. What would you say to them? You can, no matter what your mess is, you can come back from that. So good. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship to God, with God, um, and giving him their mental illness, issues, struggles, pain? Sometimes you wonder why God allows you to have certain messes in your life and you question. And I just want to encourage you to let you know that 
there's someone out there that needs your message and they need to hear how God has kept you through your message, your mess, and how it's become a message. And I just want to encourage you to share that message because someone out there needs it. Mm, so good. BC Nation, you must go one more day. You must, because there's someone that needs to hear your get back up story. Yes. There's somebody. You're going to do it, BC Nation. You're going to make it. This isn't BS. I've done it in my life. Cleonia has done it in hers. She still does it. That means you can do it. Why? Because the best of humanity, every human is capable of. The worst of humanity, every human is capable of. That's why we need God. So just give it to him, surrender to him. He will heal what you cannot on your own. Cleone, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you? Um, my website, www.cleonicrawford.com. And I love Instagram. So only Cleone is my Instagram. That's cool. Only Cleone. And you offer a, uh, a free 15-minute consultation, right? What do you want to offer to BC Nation? You got something for them? If they want to speak with you personally, what do you got? Uh, 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Go to CleoneCrawford.com. She's willing to give you 15 minutes of her time. Cleone, uh, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, girl. Thank you. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move.